to start with the, the safety and how hot it is. Coming in, uh, Adrian going out. What do you see in the way uh, Adrian and Eddie's skill sets complemented each other yeah. versus how Haha and Eddie now go against you know go yeah. with each other back there in terms of physicality, playing in the box and that type of thing. The first thing for Amos is uh, you know it's almost one of those deals where you're, you're proud. You know you draft the guy where we drafted him and to see him grow as a player and then get the contract that he got, uh, awesome for him, you know? Um, so when that happens, we gotta be ready to respond, right? And so this was the f one of the first, or the first free agency where I felt like players really wanted to be here. And you could feel it right off the, right off the gate. And Ha Ha was definitely one of those guys. So, uh, I mean, they're a, little, they're a little bit different, you know? Um, but uh, we're excited about Ha Ha's skill set. You know, he's obviously got good ball skills, he's rangy. Um, we feel like he's interchangeable. He can play free or he can play strong. So combining him with Eddie just gives us some flexibility. But the key thing is, Ha Ha really wanted to be part of this. Frank, so you've had some. Did the way this the safety thing unfolded in free agency league wide leave any impression on you with, it, with the mega deals? And then you obviously got a discount. With yeah, I think I think Dan, it just goes to show the free agency is different every year because obviously the safety market was much different the year before. You know, so you never know exactly how it's going to unfold. And uh, but we were prepared for every scenario. You know what I mean? So so when that happened. Um, you know, we, his agent was kind of telling us, you know, giving us a heads up that it was heading in that direction. So um, we were happy for Adrian, you know, and that's going to, as hopefully we draft well and we acquire more players, it's going to happen, you know. Maybe we'll be in a position for a compensatory fix, you know. Um, that's We've come a long way to be talking about that, you know. So then it was just, okay, our personnel department, Champ Kelly and the guys doing a really good job of determining, okay, what are our options if this happens. You've what, had what, some success with some shorter kind of prudent deals. What do you like about the contract with HaHa and this kind of the situation he's still in where I think he's still 26, 27? Yeah, because it can be a win-win for both sides. Because the, the agent and the player, a lot of times, if it gets to that point, they're saying, hey, I want another bite at the apple if I play well. And uh, and sometimes it's you know it's financially advantage for us, too. And, and uh, hey, it's, let's just be honest. Usually these one-year deals, they are very motivated, you know? Um, and he has the right makeup and character to come in and play well. And he fits well into the defense. And obviously the familiarity with Eddie Jackson, I think that helped a lot too. Frank, you talk about when guys are available, you've got to investigate why. Mm -hmm. What do you think of HaHa's, you know, maybe last year of tape, some of the angles he takes, the yeah. speed at which he plays his tackling? Yeah, I think, you know, there was a couple things maybe uh, that worked to his disadvantage too, getting traded midseason like he did. That's always hard, you know. Um, we went back and looked at the totality of, of his work, you know, and all the way back from our college evaluations to his first couple years in the league. I mean, he's a young player, you know, and uh, and just coming into our defense and kind of his state of mind right now. We had a lot of really honest conversations with him, and he was very honest and upfront too. Um, but what jumped out was how bad he wanted to be here. He's kind of coming in with a chip on his shoulder, um, and you can't ask for any more than that. You talked to man a lot about the, the kicking competition. How do you kind of see that? Unfolding, how many names, how many you know locations? Yeah. How how do you want that to kind of play out? So right now we're all we're just very all open-minded, you know. So we have two kickers on the roster now, and um, we're not open to continue to add competition to the position. You know, the key word is competition at that spot, and uh, you know doing creative things to, to to make them feel that pressure and that competition. Because the more we look at it, the more we study it. You look at the kickers around the league, and uh, uh, we can talk about you know. Lutz or Tucker, all these guys, and you look at really how they came in the league, where they came from. There's so many different angles and avenues how they came and became good kickers. And so uh, we're very open right now. There's increasing competition there. 
Ryan, you talked about compensatory picks just a little bit ago. Now you're in a position to do that. How much do you pay attention to the operating model of somebody like New England? They've had 12 over the last four years and how they've been able to kind of use the system to their advantage to how much does that weigh to your decision-making for somebody like Adrian? Yeah, we, we've talked about that, you know, and I think you, you have, first of all, your roster has to be at a really healthy state to even be just considering that, right? Um, it can be a huge, huge advantage. So we kind of knew going into this free agency that that was a possibility. Now there's things that, you know, need to take place, and they're even talking about tweaking some of the, mm -hmm. the, the equations complicated yeah. enough. Yeah. But, you know, one of the things I think is those guys have to be on those teams for 10-plus games, for example. So it's, you're never really set on that until the season unfolds. But it's something we're mindful of, you know, and I think a lot of the good clubs, you see the Rams doing it, um, they've figured out a way to take advantage of that system. Um, and for us, it, it, the key is continuing to draft well. And if we can do that, then we'll be in a position for these compensatory games. With the running back position, you have Jordan, Tariq, Mike there right now. It, would it be a situation where there would almost have to be an odd man out if you were to draft someone higher with one of your picks? I mean, I don't know, I think it's just still going to unfold. I mean, I know I know the way Matt is. Um, he likes that kind of by-committee approach and using them in different ways. And you know how creative he can be on offense. So, um, and who knows what's going to happen in the draft, you know? I mean, it's going to be a unique year where we're picking, but it's still going to be best player available. So, uh, if it is a running back, then we'll sort through it, you know? And if you happen to have a lot of depth there, then that can be a good thing for a lot of different reasons. Brian, with, with the kicker, we haven't talked to you since Chris Bluey became part of your team. What did you like about him? What stood out when you when you had him in and, and made him worth signing? So we had heard through Tabor and a handful of guys, we had heard how well he was doing kind of in these kicking circuits and at these um, kicking schools, or you know, yeah. and he was kind of their top guy. So uh, we brought him in along with five or six other guys, and right away he just clearly separated himself. Uh, just the power and the pop in his leg is what jumped out in the workout. And you can feel like... Uh, kind of his confidence and you know, all those things were there too. So we said, uh, let's just go ahead and add him and, and increase competition there. When you went back to, and looked at Mitch's maybe every snap, every yeah. game, every scramble he had, what kind of what were your final takeaways of, of this first season? Yeah, I think you know initially when you're learning the new offense, and I think about the verbiage and everything. I mean, you're just as a young player, you're just you know, worried about getting the call out in the huddle, you know? And then I think as, as it goes on, you can feel him getting comfortable and the instincts picking over. And I know Matt talked about it this morning, but some of these improvised throws you have to make, especially where he can use his athleticism and him getting more and more comfortable with that. Just playing football, you know what I mean? Because initially, there's just a lot on your plate, you know, you, mentally. And I think now he's at a point where he can just play. So, like, you know, you, you hear now he's in California training with A-Rob and and Taylor Gabriel and all, and all these guys, that's awesome, man. Because, I mean, I, for example, you think about the chemistry that's required to execute the back shoulder throws and those things. They're doing that right now, you know what I mean? And uh, I think it's just going to be valuable as we get the offseason program. You know? With Cordero, this will be his fourth team in seven years. Where do you see best-case scenario potential with him as, as you looked into it? So I think in a, all of our UFA – What's been great with Matt is being connected arm in arm in every one of these decisions. But a guy like CP, um, there were, we had a ton of conversations on him because he has a unique skill set. He's kind of a Swiss Army knife. He's a very versatile player. But to maximize his, his talent, you have to be using him in, in a versatile manner. So not just on offense, but on special teams and everything that we do. And so there was a ton of discussion going into 
how are we going to use this guy, what's his playtime going to look like, um, are we going to maximize his skill set, and we'd spend a ton of time on that, and uh, I know we were both excited at the end of it with the vision of how it will be used, you know. What did you think of how New England in particular used them last year? It was really creative, you know, and tip your hat to them, because, you know, you saw, I think around the Buffalo game, they started putting them in the backfield some, they started doing different things to really utilize them. Um, you just get the ball in his hands, and, he, and he's fun to watch. Ryan, when you drafted Cody, you immediately talked about him as a guard, even though he was a left tackle in college, um, and then Chris Sue blew out his knee. When you drafted Daniels, did you see primarily a center, or was it his versatility that you liked? Or what, what, it was still versatility, you know, yeah. We, to be honest, Hub, you know, he had played center more, so, you know, it was easy to probably say center first. Um, but anytime you're drafting an interior lineman, um, it, it, when they had the advantage to play both, just increases their value. So that's why his value was kind of increased for us because we knew he could do both. Do you think his ceiling is higher at one or the other? I can't say yet. You know, it's, it's, that's a good question. I can't say yet. Um, I just think he has a high ceiling in general because uh, he's still so young and there's a lot of talent in his body. How do you feel about the depth at edge, like the outside linebacker position right now? Yeah, you know, so we talk about, uh, you know, Isaiah Irving or, or Kylie Fitz and those guys coming on as young players, you know, and, you know, even talking to Matt and, and uh, Coach Pagano about that, it's, it's on us to develop our younger players, and we have to do that to get better. Um, but just like, I mean, especially pass rusher, we're always looking to add more and more. Um, but I think you look at our D-line depth, and it can add to some of that too. A guy like Roy Robertson Harris, there's a lot of creative things we can do with him too. So we have, it's not just the outside linebackers, I think like the, the pass rush and the front in general, uh, we feel pretty good about it. Ryan, with some of the guys who you uh, contrast got restructured with uh, Kyle and Khalil and Eddie, how are those conversations for you and, and where the team is at right now? How did that kind of help? with those discussions. You talk about Mac and Goldman. Yeah. yeah. So we do a lot of those things, and I know there's a lot of rumors out there and why it was happening. Um, a lot of times we're thinking uh, proactively with the future in mind, right? So um, we know, you guys know, there's there's extensions on the horizon uh, and just putting us in a healthy situation to be fluid when things come up. So a lot of those decisions were more of a proactive, uh, you know, future in mind approach when we did that. So you understand why when fans or the, the audience sees that space that they are juiced for uh, for sure yeah splash. yeah and, and I kind of Joey and I kind of laughed ourselves when we were doing it that how it could be perceived and I totally understand why but uh and, and credit Joey Joey does a really good job of always thinking way ahead keeping us ahead of the curve so some of those things have to be executed now to keep us in a healthy situation so, so now that we've seen you guys through the first wave or two of free agency how would you characterize what you did you know, especially yeah. you know, last year was maybe a, a different type of, of yeah. level of spending. But how would you care? So, so last year, sometimes when you're going out and you're signing a top receiver, you're signing something, you know, and in a lot of ways that's sometimes easier, you know. This free agency, uh, uh, we were very calculated with how we did it, you know. And I want to credit our pro scouts, you know, and Champ and Jeff King, Chris White, and Brad Obi, because you're identifying kind of that, that tier of free agency we were in and still hitting our needs uh, but getting guys that we really wanted. Um, but I thought what was really great about it was immediately feeling how bad people wanted to be here. Because to be honest, you know, sometimes you can be in a position where guys just flat out don't want to be there, or if they, or if, if you want them, you have to grossly overpay. And this was a situation where guys were come, really wanting to come here. And I just, just think it speaks to our culture, it speaks to that, it speaks to the direction we're heading. Um, and that was a good spot to be in. When you get back home from the strip house hall, it is nearly done. Anything that you're 
besides moving into the new office and stuff like that, but seeing this come to fruition, what did you most excited for in terms of your players and yeah. for yourself? So it's amazing. I can't wait for you guys to see it. When you walk in there, it's, it's a game changer. Just when you see the whole thing, just, it takes your breath away. Um, but when you look at it from a team perspective, like that, the facility was built with what makes our team better. You know, not just all the flash and stuff. I mean, it's really nice, but what makes our team better? So when you think about the training room and the weight room and the hydro works and the locker room and the, all those, all the recovery room, the players, it's going to maximize our players. You know, and I think it's going to be a situation where they don't want to leave. You know. Um, but the draft room is state-of-the-art. Uh, there's a lot of things coming online that, that are really impressive. It makes you a little nervous because we'll go into this draft room and there's a lot of technology in there with digital boards. And um, here we are a month and here's the draft. You know, so hopefully there's no power outage. Um, but uh, but it's, it's, it's a really nice facility. Uh, it makes you, what it does is where we are heading as a team, with our, where our roster is, where our staff is, and then now where the facilities are, it just makes you feel real proud when you pull in the house. Larry was excited about Nagy shower. It's <laughs> <laughs> a very exciting exchange. There's some off the record <laughs> stuff we can talk about. With Patterson returning kickoffs, now where does Marvin Hall fit in this He's, so we've always admired his speed. He's such an explosive player. I mean, he's legit in the four threes, and you feel it on tape. Um, so you know, Champ Kelly did a good job of kind of tracking him. So when he became available in Atlanta, uh, Champ just stayed on top of that, um, and it just, we just had him more speed. And we talked about it, you know, over the offseason, adding explosive speed to our offense. And he's just an intriguing player. You know, he's still young. Does he do anything on special teams? He's, he does kick returns. He does. So yeah. So he maybe compete with Patterson. He could compete with them, or we could put them both back there together. <laughs> but uh, we just got a long way to go before we get to that point. But right now, he's a young player. Uh, just with, with with really impressive speed. Ryan, what was the process with like with Bryce? Because I mean, the, the Buster thing happened pretty quickly, and then for yeah. a while for Bryce. And you guys have always said how much you valued Bryce. And well, what, what, maybe walk us through what that was like for you and going through that. Yeah. So with free agency, I think you just got to be ready for everything, and you and you get a feel for things as free agency is approaching, especially your own players, because you know you're communicating with your agents. Um, so we had an idea where that thing could potentially head, and uh, and we had to be ready, you know, and so. Buster's a guy that we've always liked, even, you know, when he was a free agent the first time. It's a guy we had talked about. It's a guy that our scouts liked independently, we liked independently, and then our coaches really admired him when we were preparing to play him. So we just acted quickly to ensure that we uh, we addressed the nickel position. We're happy Buster's here. For, for Callahan to be an undrafted uh, you know, free agent and get the contract he did, and for Amos to be a fifth rounder and get the contract he did, it's a lot about the development of the drafted guys. Now you got a different staff on that side of the ball. What can you lean on in terms of your faith that that side of the ball is going to continue to develop yeah. guys that you bring into? Because I think it's a it's a philosophical approach. So like when Pagano comes in and talks about you know hey look outside linebacker depth you know he'll, Pagano will say it's on us to grow these young outside linebackers like we take ownership of that like as an evaluator you love hearing coaches talk that way you know what I mean and growing your younger players um, so I think it's more just a philosophical belief that that's going to continue to happen I think and then a guy like uh, Jay Rogers does an unbelievable job uh, with, the, with the defensive linemen and I think there's tons of examples um, and having Jay still here is huge so it's exciting